you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah. it seems like just very fitting that that we have this ability in our arsenal now. Mm. Um, and yeah, Rachel. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah. Oh, hi, yo. And Gavin. Oh, what is the Gucci of shoesies? And we're here with part two of our TOG questions segment. Um, Join our Discord so you can post your questions and you might just get them answered on our discussions that we post throughout the week. And if you haven't seen it already, definitely check out our blog post discussion that we had earlier this week and check out our live stream, which you can see on the AOA Reacts channel. The link is in the description down below so you can catch all of our live reactions and all of our live read-throughs for Tower of God. But anyway... Getting into the first question, we also have Gavin here today. Obviously, you saw, so this is cool. We're, we're on a two streak with yeah. this. Don't get used to it, though. <laughs> yeah, we're firing after this. Yeah, we're firing after this. So, Gavin, uh, fire off the first question for us, would you? Oh, number one comes from Piper. Oh, wow. Ooh. Piper 5. I almost said Piper Forum. I don't know why. <laughs> Piper 5, thank you for the question. I appreciate you. What are your general thoughts on Kuhn's new ability? Uh, it's funny to think that Kuhn only got this ability because of Rachel. Don't make me fool. <laughs> she seems to have accidentally helped him uh, a sort. Oh, she accidentally helped him or helped give him a sort of power up. LOL. Well, my thoughts on Kuhn's new ability was that it makes him more adorable and there's a little fishy. So I got to say it's, it's it's a one plus he can now like revive everyone. Apparently he is just like, I, I wonder if there's going to be a limitation on him. Like if there's a cooldown period, because it's just too broken dog. Like you can't tell me he's just going to go. He's it's like solo leveling. He's just going to go and be like, revive, <laughs> revive. Like, Oh, Oh, bam dot revive. You know, like there, there's gotta be limitations on it. So I'm curious if it's like a physical toll on its body, if the thing's just going to like disappear after like five, you know, respawns or what. Um, but for now it looks cool. It saved his ass. I'm about it. Um, the next part of the question, I'm not even going to, say her name uh, <laughs> uh who she may not be known um and the i will Lord. say that although this ability is cool i would have been a-okay if just that whole thing with rachel never happened and he never died and he never got this ability because i don't want i don't want her to even lay a finger on my man so i'm not giving her any credit to any of this um yeah, yeah, I'm taking the ignorant route on this one. Right, <laughs> no, I think you answered the question pretty fine. Because the question really is, what are your thoughts on Kuhn's yeah. ability? You know, the, the second part was just kind of the two cents added in. Um, but I, I love the ability, personally. Just the, not necessarily that Kuhn or anyone has it, but just the ability in the, as a subjective thing um, is awesome. I love the the koi fish, how it's like shrouded in fire. I know Isaiah went and I went off on this during our live stream. It's like this irony, right? It's like water-dwelling creature. It's like shrouded in flame. It, it's really cool. I, I think it's aesthetically a really sweet thing, and it seems to be very powerful as well. I'm curious to know if there is something beyond the aspect of uh, revivic uh, revivification uh, and if it's like a power up in any other way shape or form um, you know if he has like the ability it enhances his eyesight to be able to see somebody's vitals and things like that like I don't know I think there's a, a couple ways you could go with it it seems like this whole healing this like cracked open this whole coon healer aspect he like unlocked a new skill tree you know and he's like able to go down yes and, and healing literally <laughs> and I, i'm not gonna lie i didn't expect coon to get that sort of power up because i know sometimes bomb could kind of level 
the playing field, not in the good way, as in destroy it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like he's so powerful, he's getting upgrades every two seconds. So you think it's like, well, everybody else should be getting like a lot of upgrades, but you think it's like Bomb's a very special case. Bomb's genetics are ridiculous. They are the best, right, in the tower as far as we know. Uh, he's like uh, on a different, he's built different, right? He's on a different <laughs> level. So like everybody else... For them to get upgrades, that's like a big deal, right? Mm. It's like, whoa, you got this new ability? Like, couldn't even getting the ice thing. That was pretty damn dope, right? And there are people that are on these floors that are able to hold their own against what the normal tests would be that the floor is throwing at them. Um... So the point is, is that I actually didn't expect Kuhn to get another power-up so quickly. I thought, although he wasn't bomb level, nobody really is, I didn't know if he actually needed it, to be honest with you. But, I mean, like, it's here. So, like, I guess I'm not complaining. <laughs> it's it's pretty dope. Um, I, I guess it, it just threw me off that Kuhn got uh, the fire ability. You know, like, it, it's something from the Eon family in addition to the ice ability. It was pretty interesting. I expected, if anything, uh, maybe Rack to get something that had to do with fire, being that there's the whole ancient thing with the elephant, and he's, like, in tune with it and all that sort of thing. So, um, but I guess it's a different kind of flame, you know, being that it's from, from the family. But anyway, long-winded way of saying that I like the ability very much, and I'm interested to see how much further this can go. And I do find it ironic that Rachel, while trying to be like, ha ha, I killed Coon. It's like, well, nope, now you actually powered him up that much more. So that's <laughs> awkward. Like Rachel will just be incredibly spiteful and and salty <laughs> about that. And that'll be nice to see. But. Um, yeah, I definitely love the ability too. I wonder if there's going to be more um, offensive capabilities to it because mm-hmm. it is the Yeon's, you know, wound Yeon's flame. Uh, which can be used to heal people, but I don't think that's the only use for it. I mean, you know, if Ewa is any indicator, like, we know that shit can turn up, and we know that, like, that shit can do damage. So I wonder if that, like, that'll be interesting to see how he is able to manipulate it offensively, you know, in addition to being able to support his teammates and heal them. Um, And, yeah, there is, like, sort of interesting, I guess, um, like, offhand abilities that it produces, like things you wouldn't expect it to be able to do, like you were saying, where, like, it might enhance his eyesight to be able to, because he's able to, like, detect that that woman was actually alive, even though it didn't look like she was dead. Um, so that's cool. I wonder, uh, like, again, if there's, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any, and it, it, it seems obviously very, um, what's, the, like, thematic, or it fits the theme of this arc specifically, right, where it's, like, Kuhn, like, having this this ability where you're able to, like, restore people's life, Um Seems fitting, like, because we're getting up to the the penultimate moment of this arc where Dang Dang is going to have to give up his heart to resurrect Doom and, like, gives up his heart. Is he alive? Is he not alive? Oh, if only somebody could see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it yeah. seems, like, just very fitting that, that we have this ability in our arsenal now. Mm. Um, and, yeah, fuck Rachel. Uh, <laughs> just any chance I can, uh, I can get. I feel like it's like, you know, it's like, oh, Rachel gave Kuhn this ability. It's like. Stretch, but okay. Um, that's like say Jihad gave Bam his upgrade, and it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not what happened. Yeah, but yeah, she, I think, accidentally helped is, is the yeah, right yeah, way to yeah. word it for sure. But like um, question states, but it's cool. I, I definitely do love the ability, and I want to see more of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is kind of crazy too how I guess lucky in a sense Kuhn is in that he has the abilities now of not just the flame, but of another family, another ten, right? Another like family. he's like this weird. Like conglomerate, you know, of, yeah, the, of yeah, these, yeah. you know, this fusion of these two aspects. Yeah. Um, which well, one is of the things crazy. that, like, I, I do love about the story, and I know some people might see it as just a cop out, but like, they do emphasize that, like, a, a significant portion of like your ability to survive in the tower is luck. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, Kuhn, like, these circumstances, Kuhn was just in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he got killed by, or, you know, uh, sabotaged or whatever by Rachel. It's like, that sucked. But, like, yeah, that put him in this position to get this power up. And it's like, uh, you know, so much of this tower is just, like, people knowing the right people and just having, being in the right place in the right time. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like that that actually follows through in the story and it's not just like they said that at the beginning because it's like cheesy but never like there is no luck component to it it's yeah. like seems oh. to be hella convenient too yeah. for our main <laughs> cast for sure <laughs> anyway moving on to question two we have by Riru thank you for the question Riru asks in the battle with Michael Kuhn states that he's decided to change his style into being more impulsive what differences have you noticed that uh, with the way Kuhn was in these chapters compared to seasons one and two. What do you think caused this? Do you like the direction that he is taking? Uh, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I was going to say when he came and teleported out of the woodwork and just blasted Michael right in his jaw, I was like, whoa, that was kind of awesome. Like, I loved it personally. Yeah. Kind of Kuhn getting down, getting dirty a little bit here. Um, and I know Rack would be a little proud. I know there was a point, too, where he's like, Rack's like, damn, I thought I was impulsive. <laughs> like, Kuhn took that and really went with it. Mm. And I don't know if it has to do with something, you know, with the fact that he has like that flame in him, maybe it's, it's more of maybe not so much, um, maybe not only the power up and maybe like the essence of the Eon family, you know, okay. and like what makes it like fire, like fire is, you know, kind of associated sometimes with like impulsiveness and like mm -hmm. emotion and this volatility. fiery attitude, yeah, yeah, volatility. Yeah. Right. So like maybe there's something within him that like just kind of sparked this, no pun intended. Right. Where it's like before he was, you know, analogous to like this ice cold, sort of, you know, exterior, right? Where it's like, like veils on, like we got to be super analytical about this. So maybe this is good to have this thing. I didn't expect it to be so 180, you know, that, <laughs> that was the funny part because I thought it was just going to be a little bit more down the middle, but even Rack was like, what the hell's gotten into you? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know how I feel about this, but I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Hopefully he doesn't take it too far. Um, like, you know, we pumped the brakes a little bit after we had some fun with the with the fish move and all that kind of stuff because <laughs> I, because Coon, what makes Coon Coon, you know, like Coon could be anything he wants because he's Coon, but you know what what gravitated some you know people towards him and like one of his standout qualities um, in this group was his analytical you know mindset right mm -hmm. where he could go into it and he definitely struggled with the trust issues and and not being impulsive enough at times so I, I think it'd be cool to have that balance um which i think that will be the case but i just wouldn't want him to go too impulsive because then i feel like what's rack's role <laughs> you know what i mean like he just outshines rack it's like cool we gotta talk you're, you're taking my yeah thing. yeah yeah because yeah. he can't do too many things in one right like you gotta have something where like you let somebody else make up for that right and i think that's rack at that point um that'd be a little sad if it was like he just overshadowed him but uh i i doubt that will happen i think there's gonna be a a middle ground with that um yeah so he's definitely been different with that and uh i, I like i like the uh i like the new coon i think it's cool he's like totoroki so <laughs> my hero but any uh, yeah I, I definitely also love it i love that like you said it is a little bit of him um sort of learning from and getting to capitalize on one of his flaws from the previous seasons which was uh leaning too much on his analytical mindset and being like well, let's think about this problem six more times before doing something. And it is nice to see him sort of be like, all right, no, these are the enemies. Let's take care of them. Let's just like just dispose of them. Um, I do think that maybe we could also just be seeing a little bit of like the uh, like shit. I almost died like near death experience, like him coming back that and be fair. like, all right, 
wow, all right, fuck this. Like mm-hmm. everybody is just getting this hand because <laughs> like I'm <laughs> um, just you know like he might e- it might even just be out of like he's like no I'm pissed like Rachel almost fucking killed me I'm like you know what I mean like there might I kind of feel like there is a little bit of like an emotional mental thing going on here, um, but like you said as long as it doesn't go too far into the other camp where he becomes too impulsive and forgets to sort of take a breath, take a step back, you know, do what Coon does best and, and think about problems. Um, which, like you said, I don't think it's going to get me. We even see, I think it's going to just, I think overall it's going to integrate itself into his character modestly. Like it's, it's just going to make him more impulsive in the, the aspects of his life where he, normally wouldn't be yeah like again in the instance like where rack was like where they're going to approach the enemy and he's like oh shit there they are rack i got a plan let's jump them and it's like normally he might have not taken that approach where it's like oh let's like sneak around them or like let's wait and hide out see what they're playing you know what i mean as opposed to like him you know being reckless and making like a foolish uh, you know move to jump into a fight Mm. um and i had to think his new power is going to help with that like sort of being able to analyze a fight before getting into it um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that I, like I said, I definitely like where the character's going. I think it's, it, I think it's Coon growing. It's him, you know, it's him being able to use this, like you said, maybe if it's like not just the, f- the physical power up from the Eon flame, but like the, cause even when he revives the, um, <laughs> the buff Amazon lady, um, she's like, oh wow, all my wounds are gone. But like, that's not all. Like there feels like there's this little burning fire inside. Yeah, me. Yeah, and so yeah. I wonder if it literally does sort of like kickstart somebody's like inhibition and yeah, like just yeah. like get them to like just get out of their head and just move and go yeah. um which you know like what i've said is i think exactly what who needs so provided he can control it and keep it you know under wraps it's dope what do you think Evan? let yeah. him unleash it no you pretty much hit all the points i was really going to talk about what his last point was in terms of when he resurrected that girl that feeling side of him i think that's what's really causing the change that he has in being more impulsive and i think it's great because i will I will knock on season one's door all day long with the door test, and this is exactly what the whole purpose was. He didn't have that impulsive nature that Rack did, which is what let them go with Han Song, you know, through that door, and that was always a flaw of his that he needed to work on, and now this is something that is directly changing that mindset that he has, uh, seemingly for the better, and knowing Kuhn, it's not going to overtake him, but I do think it's because of the power that he has now uh, been granted, and um, it's just going to make him a more well-rounded character, and it kind of leads up to the growth that they were calling back at him from way back in season one. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just really coming full circle in terms of the whole story and his character development. Um, so I look forward to seeing more of it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. All right. Well said, sir. All right, Isaiah, hit us up with the next one. All right. Uh, question three comes from Irene Sharda. Uh, they say, Karaka is beginning to show us more parts to his character. Being worried about Bomb, even going so far as to bug his pocket, he states that he doesn't care about anyone and that he doesn't trust anyone. However, it is obvious that he does care <laughs> about his subordinates, Jin Sung, and perhaps a little bit uh, or a little about Bam. Do you think Bam will eventually earn his full trust, and will and and w- and will we delve into Karaka's issues involving trust? Um, yeah, so I love Sunray Karaka <laughs> uh, as much as the next guy. I love that he is, you know. The guy who's got his heart in a volcano, but it's like a heart of gold. And, and he, <laughs> you know, he's like secretly just wants to eat ice cream and hang out with homies. Um, you know, because he, I, I think, again, like I've said this before, but I, I believe that Karaka and Wang Nan are related. So I find it very hard to believe that if that Wang Nan's nature, the, the, uh, that some of, Wang's, some of Wang Nan's innate nature comes from Jihad, but the original Jihad, obviously, not the corrupted version, because you can't like pass on corrupt. I mean, like you know, genetically anyway, uh, to another, to like a, an offspring. So I feel like 
the the pure traits and the good-hearted parts of Wang Nan do actually reflect the original jihad that came to the tower. And so if Karaka is related to them, I, like that that same shit is in there as far as I'm concerned. It's just obviously Karaka's been through a very a much more tragic set of circumstances that's led him down this path where he feels like he can't trust anybody and he feels like relying on allies is like not the best play. You know, he's been burnt one too many times or whatever it is. But that stuff's not gone. It's not eradicated but from his character or from his, his mindset or from his heart by any means. Yeah, I think he does, there is a path for him to open up into trusting people. And I don't really even think it's a matter of like, oh, we got to get Karaka to trust people. We got to get him to, you know, get, we just have to get him to admit it to himself because even like the, um, one of his subordinates says, they're like, she's like, wow, for somebody who like doesn't like allies, you like sure worry about me a lot. You know what I mean? Like he already is there. He already does trust people. There are people he's willing to depend on and there are people he's willing to worry about and, and, and you know, uh, be concerned for. But it's just a matter of him connecting those dots in his head and being like, oh yeah, that's how I feel. You know, soon to write stuff. But like, uh, I do feel like there is definitely a path where we get to a situation where like Bam and Karaka are like, you know, one in one now and, and fully sync on a team. Um, I don't know. I don't know how, I think it might take a little bit longer than like expected because I feel like, you know, this, that we're going to have some classic ups and downs here. We're You know, we're going to, we might do this thing with Yama and it's like, Oh, they seem pretty cool and in sync. And then something else happens and it causes Karaka to not, you know, want to trust people again. And <laughs> he's got to go through his mood swings. But, um, yeah, I, I do think, uh, like I said, yeah, he's going about it his own way, but I do think he does care about some people here. He just hasn't gotten to the stage of admitting it yet. <laughs> what do you think, Gavin? Yeah, no, I pretty much agree with uh, most of the points that uh, Isaiah stated. Uh, an interesting thing, well, actually, I guess I'll go into the actual question first. Um, and, I mean, let's be real, Chihuahua Worm Baby, he, he just, you know, he's not... <laughs> um, he doesn't like opening his doors, you know, to other people. And he just has, you know, he has almost this facade about him because of everything that's happened. So suit it's just, armor. it's not it. It's a suit of armor that he needs to hide it. And, um, yeah, a, a, over time, you know, it'll, he'll eventually break down and his more vulnerable side will come out for certain characters that he has relationships with. Um, but I have a feeling, uh, kind of going off of the question a little bit in terms of their relationship. And, um, I don't think Karaka and Bam are going to be kicking it for too much longer. I really think that there's going to be something where they're going to get close, like seemingly closer, where it's like there was a breakthrough, and then I think they're going to get separated, and Karaka's going to kind of get dealt down this like separate path. It's just something that I don't see these two characters being together, fighting side by side for too long. I don't know why. I feel like it's just not a route. Honestly, SIU doesn't like doing that route in general. He like even Wang Nan, there's there's always separations between these characters that like they need to go down their separate path. They need to do these things to get their own development. So I'm curious to when they have the split between Bam and Karaka. Well, if okay, so let me just ask you real quick. Go for do it. you think that that split has to be that they leave on bad terms? Like, could mm -hmm. they still split in the story as in they go their separate ways, but still be like on the same side. Yeah, so I think he's going to play in both. I think uh, SIU is the type of guy to play both angles on it. So, uh, you know, obviously when they're getting, or I feel like they're going to be building a positive relationship and then right before it hits that climax, they're going to separate. And then from there, Karaka is going to be giving, you know, a separate path from Bam's mission in terms of, you know, here is something, like here is a, like a golden road for you to walk down where you can like achieve this power and achieve this growth and blah, blah, blah. You just need to do X, Y, Z things. And I feel like they're not going to exactly correlate with what bam has to do and it really is going to like test his um really be a test to himself and that trust in bam and other characters to see if he can put his eggs in their basket and like also um 
potentially affect his own personal growth in the meantime uh, because like it's just one of those things where both of these characters are not going to simultaneously become two super power jacked cat like they like they're not going to hold hands and go up the tower and just free everything like there there's going to be bumps in the road and those bumps I mean is going to be in the relationship because that's really what the problem is lacking right now. And he's finally getting that trust and getting these things. And it's going to be positive, positive, positive. And SIU is going to have to knock them back down so they can self-reflect. And then we get to see their inner selves to how they evolve. So I'm just curious to see how Karaka reacts to them, what he is going to be asked or um, offered from other people in the tower in terms of his growth and um, see what he makes of it. And if he will, you know, it's really a test of his will after building more of a relationship with Bam, which for me personally, I feel like he's going to pass because it's Karaka. And if he's showing these feelings now, it seems like he has that wagon on in himself where he's just kind of like, it may not seem like it in certain scenarios or, you know, it's just, he, he's going to become a better person at the end of it. And that's how I truly feel about him. But I also do think that he has to be tested in some way and it's not going to be this happy, like little, you know, let's like, prance to the top of the tower sort of ordeal so yeah I, I really want to see um what trials are in front of him personally separated from bam and how it affects interactions with future characters as well in terms of their really uh, relationships so all in all i want to see karaka and see what he's up to and you know really just when like see if he could put his money where his mouth is and see what happens so i'm, I'm about it i like him yeah i uh won't beat the horse any more than he needs to be beat uh you don't like beating horses, Ian? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I read Animal Farm once, and I always felt I always felt for Boxer. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, no, I do think this is comical that Karaka, and I know people like this in real life. I'm sure most people do, that are abrasive and come off as a bit of a dick at first. And it's ironic because when you scratch a little bit deeper to the surface, you find out that a lot of those people want nothing more than to not be alone mm -hmm. and want some sort of companionship, yet their demeanor would be indicative of someone who's trying to drive everyone away. And that's kind of the irony mm -hmm. in the moment. And Karaka, I think, is a shining example of that. I think there, I like drawing a lot of metaphors and analogies and stuff like that in this story and how before we were talking about the Eon family's flame being more than just a flame, but being indicative of this impulsive and emotional spirit. Right. And then Kuhn's ice being this more analytical, cold exterior. I, I like to draw a similar parallel with Karaka's armor, like you stated before. And the fact that he has his heart somewhere different. I think all of these things are very interesting. His aesthetic actually speaks to his emotional state as a character, and I find that very interesting. I know that in the blog post that we read recently, SIU states that Karaka doesn't necessarily like Bomb per se. He's warmed up to him a bit, but it's more so that he is protecting or making sure that Bomb is going down the right path in respect for his master, being that mm -hmm. they both served under the same one, being Jinsung. So I think this is going to be a journey of Karaka understanding why Jinsung chose Bomb. And sure, I think he's sure. made initial steps towards that. He's going on his 12-step <laughs> program here where it's like, okay, I admit that maybe I was wrong. 
okay, what I'm going to, I'll, I'll be willing to admit that. How do I go forward? And I'll give it, I'll give it a shot if it's baby steps. And I think bomb is very charismatic in his own way. And especially now in season three. So I think inevitably, and just through his raw power, he doesn't even need to yeah, talk, dude. Like true. just give the guy a minute and he'll show you why he's going yeah, to be the that's best. True. That's what happened with Jordan. <laughs> yeah. He just showed yeah. all his powers. He's like, oh, this nigga's dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Literally, right? So it's it, to me, it's only a matter of time until Karaka has to make a decision and say, listen, all right. Deep down in my heart, I know that bomb's the real deal. <laughs> Am I willing to accept that and be okay with it and put my ego aside mm-hmm. and do what Jin Sung really ultimately wanted and prop him up? Or am I going to let my ego get in the way and be, you know, I want to be the one yeah, who does yeah, this yeah. And, and everything like that. And Jin Sung, I get what you you were saying to him, and I know he's mm-hmm. the real deal, but I don't trust it. I'm not going to delegate this. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it myself. So I think that will be interesting yeah. moving forward. But yeah. I like Especially if he's offered power. You know, that's the thing. It's like, because you know, like, Karaka, and that's like... He's also someone who respects strength and wants to be stronger. So it's like, that's the whole thing with his ego. It's like, if offered this power, you know, mm-hmm. do you think he'll be willing to take it and run with it and give it a shot on his own? And like, that is something that I do feel is within him and something that he wants to do and fulfill. And it's like, to what extreme will he take it? And it seems like he has taken it to the extreme prior. And it seems like, you know, he kind of teeters on that edge, however you look at it. So I'm like, for me, it like anything can happen with him. And I'm curious. I really, I really just want Wang Nan, like, to be the one that kind of puts the nail in the coffin for him. Because, oh, like, I feel like he, Wang Nan was the one who did it with Bam at mm-hmm. the beginning of season two. And I feel like it would just, again, just, like, not metaphor, but, like, because of their relationship that, or the relationship that I'm pretty sure they have, like, I just think it would be so cool for him to be like, dude, like, you're not, you know, like, you're not that bad. Like, you know what I mean? Pe- like, you can put your faith in people. It's not, you know, that'd be dope. <laughs> but. But <laughs> he's just, he's just crying through the armor. I'm telling you, Croc is just a big. He's just Why a big like, tsundere, take, bro. Take the helmet off. Yeah, take the big worm baby. Though. He's gonna take it off, and then he's and gonna look like. It's just literally gonna be a replica yeah, of Wang Nan. He's, he's gonna, gonna be like, crying. Wang twin brother, and he's gonna be like, "Cause I know you." And they're gonna cry and hug, and it's gonna be beautiful. And then Bam's gonna come in and do like the three man hug, and oh. watch him like open the suit, and it's like a midget standing on stilts inside of this thing. It's like it's like the, I don't even remember that movie. It's like you, the face opens, and it's like this little guy controlling everything on the inside. And it's like that's not what I was expecting at all. Wang Nan's like, just take like the helmet well, off. Okay, put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, that's why you wear that mask. <laughs> Put that back. That would be rough. Oh man, oh, Gavin, man. hit us with the fourth one. All right, fourth question by Simony Mate. Oh, I love you. <laughs> you just need to comment every time, and I hope you enjoy me saying it because I'm going to keep on doing it. So, thank you for the question. Can we call this arc the Fug Civil War? Is Jihad even the enemy anymore? <laughs> All right. Well, off the bat, Jihad is still the enemy. I see what you're getting with this, though. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it in the last discussion and that Fug has some internal problems and they really need to get their shit on the same page because if not, they're really just shooting themselves in the foot and um, they're not putting their brains together and really moving forward to the seeming goal that they all are supposed to share, which at this point, who, who knows? They all have their own ultimatums as it seems so far, but it's like how far off of the original thought have we strayed and is there a possibility to get everybody back on the same page? And I feel like that is... It has to come with time, with the growth of growth of Bam and him really proving himself to the other, you know, sects of Fug. At least ones that are even give are going to give him the time of day that I can do this, we can do this, we need to get together. And until then, they're just going to be bashing heads and really just fucking each over, uh, fucking each other over, which is going to make the end goal, which 
was to kill Jihad even more longer. They're just delaying it and delaying it and delaying it because they're just not on the same page. And it's like, it's annoying. Like, just <laughs> come on. Like, it really is. But, um, you know, eventually you'd hope it gets resolved. And if not, then Jihad's there. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat them until, bam, you know, it's just a one-man army. But, you know, which and then is still, you know, not going to be the case in terms of he can't, like, just ice him off the bat. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Jihad is still the enemy. It's just going to take time. Like, if you were expecting Jihad to be dead by season three, like, it's it's going to take a minute. Like, we have a lot of growth still for Bam. <laughs> like, you know, you got to be in it for the long run, but eventually, you know, hopefully we hit our end goal and fuck, figure their shit out. If not, I'm just going to smack them all. I'm going to line them up and just do one big smack. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we're going to continue. Smack. Yeah, Fug has been off the rails from frame one, <laughs> from what I could surmise here. And I don't only mean that in the sense that they're completely disjointed, which I definitely went in on in our last discussion. But I also mean the fact that Fug, for all intents and purposes, don't seem to be good people either. Yeah. Like their way of going about things seems to be incredibly shady. And if they topple Jihad, I'd be hard pressed to believe that it's not going to be same that. Thing yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Just reskin. Exactly. Just to their own likes and needs. Yeah. And so Bomb is incredibly important to this plan, and Bomb is working with Fug, but by no means likes them. So Fug is just, as an organization, I'm like, take it or leave it with them. Um, I'm here for Bomb specifically, and, and you guys are just lucky that Jihad pissed him off, and Bomb's going to do whatever it takes to, to do that. There are some cool people within Fug, Jinsung, Hansung, um... I said that right, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tongue twister. <laughs> like, did I just say the same thing twice? Uh, you know, people like that. There are some sweet people in it, and there are some people with bigger hearts than we might have thought, like Karaka and, and things like that. But this organization is just all over the place. I think, I'm wondering, rather, if the elders and the people that are up top are on such a different level in terms of understanding the playing field and elevating their perspective that they don't really care about the fact that there are so many disjointed sections below them mm -hmm. because they figure, okay, so long as everyone is in agreement that's up top here and knows what's going on, it kind of doesn't matter what's going on down there. So long as we arrive at, at the same end goal, because we're just so much more knowledgeable and ahead of the curve when it comes to anyone in FUG or just anyone anywhere. I'm kind of just spitballing that. That might be a thing. It might not. But that's got to be one of – that, to me, would make sense because it's just – if they remotely do care about uniting the people under them, mm -hmm. they're doing a terrible job at exactly. it, right? So that's that's where I'm just kind of lost, and that's what makes me really curious to get a little bit more info on the elder that we ran into. His name evades me at the moment, but – how powerful the elders are. Uh, I how, believe it was Kel Helm. Yeah. Kel Helm, yes. How powerful the elders are, how knowledgeable they are, if they have their stuff together, if the elders are all in tandem, because if it's the same disjointed thing up top, we're really screwed. Uh, it definitely is. You think? <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to see and play out and what their what their ultimate plan was if it wasn't for bomb <laughs> because they just seemed like there was no way in hell that they were even getting close to that goal but yeah and jihad jihad's still the enemy or at least the idea oh, what jihad has become the the new jihad 
right? Mm-hmm. This I'm gonna control fate and everyone's gonna have to deal with it type thing is generally mm-hmm. never a good thing. So Yeah. Um <laughs> agree, Josh still bad guy. <laughs> um I don't know. I think it's it's kind of tough when you're talking about like an organization because I much like how in the last discussion I was saying that there could be a possibility that the elders aren't these like all powerful omnipotent beings and that they're just kind of figureheads. Like the tough thing about an organization is that like with Fug as big as it is now, like if they wanted to control everything, like could they? Like how big is Fug? Because the other thing that I always forget is that like it's so easy to say like Fug is doing this, Fug is doing that, but Fug is a lot of fucking people. Like there are, there are sections of Fug that literally don't agree on the same thing. Right there's sections of Fug that want to radically blow up the tower and kill anybody that disagrees with with being a part of Fug, and then there's sections of Fug that don't want to do that. Right, so to say that if Fug gets a you know overthrows Jihad, that like it's just going to repeat. Well, it kind of depends on what sects of Fug and what mindsets that mm-hmm. have been adopted by certain parts of Fug get up there. Right, if right. the if the radicalists get up there, then yeah, we're probably just going to have a, a similar version. But if the good <laughs> the the better thinking, the more calm, collected sides of Fug get up there. I think we could see some change, and I think Bomb is probably is, I mean, more akin to the the you know the calm, collected. You know, let's approach this a better way of thinking. But I wonder, you know, like furthermore, if the elders, like I don't know if it's a thing of like the uh, it could be it could one hundred percent be the elders are cracked out of their minds. But I wonder if it's a thing of like there's so like Fug is so big because like the 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 problem. I'm just trying to think about this. Like if I was you know a head up in this this organization, is that like Fug is a name now? Some dude could just run up to a floor in the tower and blow it up and be like, I'm part of fuck. They told me to do it. Like, how are they going to know? You know like, they can't control every single person who uses that name. So, like, I wonder if it's a problem now where the elders are like, this shit has gotten so big that, like, I don't know how to bottleneck it anymore. There's so many people running around using this name. There's so many people running around, like, saying they're doing what fuck wants, but, like, they don't even know us. We don't, I don't know these people. You know what I mean? And that's where, like, the, the main problem with this fuck civil war is that fuck is, is fighting itself now because – Fug, like, the name doesn't mean what it used to mean or s- doesn't solely mean what it used to mean anymore. It, it There was this one idea behind it, obviously, when the elders started it because it was, you know, to, to in in honor of uh, V and Arlene. Um, but it, 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 obviously, quite simply, it's not that anymore. There, there's people in Fug and there's people who say they are Fug that want probably nothing to do with whatever the original goal is. And I so I wonder if, you know, my main thing is, like, I haven't heard the elders, because it's one thing for, like, someone like Karaka to be, like, oh, the elders would never approve of that, or they don't like it. But it's like, no, I want to hear them say it. Like, I want to know, mm-hmm. I want to hear from the horse's mouth, like, what the elders think of what's going on, because then, obviously, we'll be able to de- decipher, like, what the mindset, like, if it is more they're cracked down their minds and think that everything is fine, or they're like, no, we know everything's kind of shit, but, like, the fuck are we going to, like, how do we stop it? How do we, you know, how do we bottleneck this? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they, to reiterate what I was saying before, I think they don't care is my guess. I th- my prediction is that they are they are really powerful, I think personally, and that they don't care really what's going on or at least they don't care enough so long as the ultimate goal is reached, more of like a means to an end and it's like okay, separating the wheat from the chaff, we we know what's going on mm-hmm. and so long as we can get whatever that goal is, whatever's going on below us, we just need like a couple key things to play out. 
and then they could all slaughter each other. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like it That's my prediction. Yeah, for me, again, it's like it's it's think of them as like a, a ten, like one of the ten family great or like one of the ten heads of a family. You know, it's like they feel like they're just their their arrogance is on another level. They're at the top of fog. They're the elders. They're just chilling and like just reaping the leisure and the rewards from that, and they don't care unless like literally it's something knocking on their door and they're like. Uh, and even then, they they don't want to deal with it. You know, it's just it's the arrogance at the whole level because they are in that position that they are, whether they're strong or not. It's they're just riding it out. They don't really give a fuck. They're like, I'm I'm cool as shit. I'm a god as far as they're concerned. And it's like now it's cool that we get to see an elder who like may not have that mindset, or he might well still have it, but he's willing to at least come down and observe the playing field. And it might just be for shits and giggles because he's bored. You know. And it's like I do think arrogance is probably like in my opinion the greatest portion of just how they make their decisions and doing anything and why they're not doing anything because they just don't give a shit like what you were saying uh, but i think it's driven Possibly. a lot by arrogance. yeah well i do want to clarify though not to undermine what you're saying because mm -hmm. i don't think you're wrong and i think there are plenty but i do think that one advantage in a sense that fug has over the 10 great family heads is the fact that they are i would deem hungrier in the sense that there is a there's a mountain to climb there is an ultimate goal as in mm -hmm. dethroning jihad where as jihad and the 10 family heads really have the ability to just sit and stew because they're like that's it you know like that that's what we did unless they're warring with each other or some big thing comes along but the they need a gargantuan level threat for them to get up off their seat uh whereas fog definitely does from the lower as well but i wonder that's where I'm curious to see if there are elders that have kind of given up on that kind of maybe what you were saying and it's kind of student their arrogance and doesn't really matter. Or if there are still elders that are saying, okay, yeah, we're this, we're this powerful and we don't really care what's going on below, but there is still a, there is still a goal to be achieved. Well, you know so what it is? Oh, well, to, to answer that point directly, I think it, we see a lot of that in Han Song where he's like, I don't want the fire in me to, to, die, to die down over time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's a direct correlation to what he sees in Elders of Fog or has heard from them in that they were ruthless and they were determined, but that fire is dying down because it's been how many thousands of years where it's like, you know, they don't feel uh, as like impulsive per se. Like, yes, some of them are going to be, but, you know, I feel like that's just the thing where it's like, over time, like naturally those feelings recede and it's like less and less and less and they're already on a high pedestal. So it's like more arrogance builds. And I think that's where like that kind of ties into it as well. No, that's but fair. As that, a, that could be something. Well, I was just, my only thing with, with them being these like really powerful beings, but then also not caring about what's going on is it doesn't really track with like the whole, they also have like this fire burning and this objective that like they really want to get done. Cause if they're all powerful, like, and they really want to topple Jihad's empire, like, why wouldn't they be slapping people in fog and, like, actually trying to unite everything under one umbrella unless they do actually care about what's going on? Unless they're not all, like, it, it, I feel like that's the only reason that the they're not as strong as, as we may think they are thing tracks in my mind because it's, like, that's the obstacle is that they can't just go down and, and wrangle the entirety of one because, like I said, fog is, they'd waste their whole lives trying to wrangle the entirety of fog, whatever that means. But two, like, they might just not, you know, they might not be as strong as we think they're. Because then it's like if they're all powerful and they're like, we really want to kill Jihad. 
Like, then why are they just sitting on their asses? What are they doing? Well, I don't think they're sitting on their asses. I think they're all on different page. They're, they're, they all have different ideas of who they want to groom. Like, we have Karaka. We have Bam. We have other Slayers. There was White. Like, there were so many different avenues that are being focused on. It's the reason why nothing's getting done is because nothing is under one umbrella. They're all on different pages, and they're they're spreading. Like, in like it's, it's the idea that two minds are better than one, but all of the minds that they have are split doing their own individual things, and it's like, just that that's not how they're going to progress or really make a change because they're just spreading themselves too thin and now you have this big conglomerate of fog where it's like seemingly a whole bunch of people but it's like what's really happening not much at all until something like really gets the ball rolling and that's what bam seemingly is and now we have an elder coming down where it's like okay stuff is happening you know you have two former slayers now seemingly working together um or not formally i said that a little weird but you have karaka and bam karaka is a slayer and bam is a slayer you know whether they agree to it or not and it's like they're working side by side and it looks like they're they're rattling jihad a little bit because because of everything that's just happened in the last arc and you know like things are kind of getting a little squeamish and they might now the curiosity might be brewing so that's where i feel like hopefully we get more interactions with elders and see their input on if they're even paying attention on what's going on to see like just their response and i feel like that's what we're going to get with this guy who's like this is what's happening you know here's an input this is what i think or it might be like I see the path you're going down, and it's like, we're doing this instead. Like, I don't know. There's just so much that can happen and so much about Fug that we don't know. This is the first elder that we're seeing, and it's like, we know that his mindset isn't going to be of every other elder. So it's just mm. curious just, just to see, like, what his individual perspective is going to be, being he is the first elder that is actually coming to greet them in person, which I'm sure is a huge thing in general, because uh, I don't imagine these guys go out much. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's a lot of new things that are going to be happening in the future. So which is, it's just going to be crazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, so moving on to the last one here, we have by Emperor Dark North. Uh, Dark North asks, do you think Tower of God has somewhat fulfilled its potential in comparison to the first time you saw it? So I'm going to assume this question is is Tower God good? <laughs> uh, so in in a simplistic way, right? Is it as good as it was when you first got onto it? Are you still enthralled by it? All that kind of thing. Um, I'm just gonna take it as what are your thoughts up to this point, right? Uh, is the way I interpret the question. But if you guys interpret it a different way, then feel free to answer it in whatever way that you deem fit. Um, so, do you think Tower God has somewhat fulfilled its potential? Might have some more fulfilling to do, being that this story is going to go on for a while, but I think so far the the story is pretty good. I mean, I have my gripes. Nothing is perfect, really, in the final analysis. So there are ups and downs, obviously, but I think as a whole, this is uh, a very good story. I think SIU, especially from reading these blog posts, puts his life and limb on the line each and every time he draws a panel of this manhwa. So that's something that's respectable as well. The art has just been on another level, and I think there are some weaknesses that have been made up for, that being one of them, as the story has progressed, which is really cool. The story <clears throat> has morphed in, in a way that it is told now, and that's really more a matter of preference. Whether they do that well is a different question. We touched on this in a prior discussion where somebody had asked what we think about the flashiness, uh, paraphrasing there, of it now as compared to when it was the test format, yeah. right? And we were going on what some of our preferences were, what we thought about it, et cetera. And at the end of the day, I, I landed on 
being a little bit more uh, likened to the the test aspect and things like that where we've kind of deviated from that in some way, shape, or form. But like I said, that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't live up to potential or not because that's in the eyes of the beholder. That's subjective. So I think, although it's different, I think they're doing it well, right? The flashy art, the likable characters, the creative aspect when it comes to the abilities that they're using, I think that... SIU hits all of these pretty well. So if that's how you're going to view it in that lens, then I think it's living up to potential there. I think when you start to try and look at it in a different light or maybe compare it to things that it is not anymore or hem a little further, then maybe it's a, maybe it's a different conversation. But that's my thoughts. I think in, the, in that way, the story has evolved and morphed in that way. And I'm curious to know where we go from here. And, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts, but yeah. Um, I, so yeah, I definitely think when I, when we started reading tower of God, my main thing was that like the characters in the world were just so fascinating that like, I, I, I never, I, I wasn't any, anytime I got more information on it, I was never satisfied with it. I was, I was like, all right, cool. But like, how does that work then? Like what, you know, what does this do? How, you know, how do all these, these puzzle pieces fit together? And I feel like, that's still there. Like there's, you know, obviously there's a change in the dynamic that the story has taken into like how it tells this, this narrative we've got, you know, we've gone from like the, uh, you know, analytical like test taking, like, you know, mind over matter type situations, very small scale, um, obstacle fights to like big bombastic, like nuclear, you know, Dragon Ball Z level explosion fights and stuff like that. But that really kind of only changes how we get there. My initial intrigue with these characters and the world is still there. I still am very much interested in how this world operates, figuring out and like meeting new parts of this world that we don't know yet. And the intrigue with these characters, right? Just because these characters are getting these crazy upgrades doesn't mean the characters have stopped growing, right? The characters are still learning about themselves and improving and evolving and, and changing into better versions of themselves. Um, which is great to see because it's actually funny. We were reading the, the most recent blog post and SAU talks about how, you know, amazing he thinks the um, the Avengers movies were, um, but not just because of the sort of literal or technical feat that they are in terms of like how they present a story, but how it, it captures and envelops the audience because of the history behind it, right? This isn't just like one movie's job to grab an audience. Like these movies collectively over their 20-something or however many of them there are, have built a shared connective history and like that is you know in big part why those movies why this thing has succeeded the way it has right people have invested in them people care about these characters beyond the you know two whatever hour runtime of whatever movie in that series they're watching and i think for me tower of god has done that where i care about these characters now and so just getting to see them climb the tower just getting to see them grow getting to see them learn more about their lives and the lives of people in this tower um is still as fascinating to me now as it was when I watched the first episode of the anime. I still have that like raw level of intrigue where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I am going to read the next few chapters because I, I want to know what he's talking about. I want to know why he cares so much about X, Y, and Z thing. Um, yeah, I, and like you said, as far as like the, the, the dynamic, the direction, how it gets there, that's really a personal preference. I don't mind it too much because I don't think Tower God like overdoes it or or uses it as like a scapegoat to get out of t uh, storytelling or or you know jump over narrative beats or you know any of that stuff, um, but you know that is that it, I, it, like a story is allowed 
to do that, right? Stories are allowed to change the way they structure their dynamic of storytelling, right? It doesn't Tower God and, and any fantasy are not imbued in staying the same way they started. Um, and again, especially if you think about it just from a narrative perspective, these characters are growing. It doesn't really make sense. If Jihad is this big, powerful enemy. It doesn't make sense that we stick with the same, you know, small town. Let's do a, a like a, you know, I'll take a test, you take a test. Whoever gets the highest score wins if Jihad can blow up, like can just nuke whatever he wants. Like we have to, you know, it's almost like we have to get to that level eventually. Um, and yet, you, of course, there's the argument that like, does it too quick or it doesn't make sense. Um, but overall, I do think that Tower of God is has lived up to its potential for me. Obviously, it's still ongoing and it's not done, so I can't really like talk about it as a what it's you know as a whole. But as of where we are right now, um, compared to the first time I saw it, yeah, I'm very satisfied. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of those points. And I mean, when you really think about it, we haven't even scratched the surface of what this story has to offer. Like, we still don't even know the fucking whole backstory with Bam. And it's like, we still have Arlene. We still have V. We still have Fog. We still have Jihad. We have all the 10 grave. Like, there are so many unknowns that have been leading up since we first started that we wanted answers for, and we don't. And it's really just, we're getting bits and pieces as he's telling the story, which is really great. And that's what's keeping the intrigue behind uh, this whole world. And like, we're not even, I don't think, halfway up the tower, you know? And it's like, there's still so much, like, we haven't seen and have yet to see that is like what really is the interesting part because it already feels like we've made it so far but we haven't we haven't done anything and that that is what's really cool and you know i think with a story like this it's like we're out of that honeymoon phase which a lot of shows have and it's like a lot like it's just change no one likes change especially when it's a show that you like when it slaps right off the bat because you want it to stay there like you want your characters to stay cute stay funny have those relationships and really be never changing but this is just a story that is so like it's preached to not do that because they have to go through so much and have to go through these changes. And naturally that has to go with the whole progression of the story. And that goes with preference, what you like and what you don't like. And I got to say, I'm the type of person who, like Ian said, I like the tests. I like the quizzes. I, I, I like that more raw, natural, you know, not everything is a super galactic nuclear fight. Um, however, I knew it was getting to this point, and I also respect the SIU. Like, for me, what makes it good is when an author is able to call back to those old times and really kind of make you feel them, and we see that a little bit. Although we, like, you know, because there was, there was a part where I forget where it was in the chapters, but, like, we actually saw a test on a floor, and, like, somebody was fulfilling it, and we we're like, wow, when was the last time we actually saw, like, a test, like, going on? And albeit it was sure, it's like he's at least, like, you know, throwing bones to how it used to be and how the tower is literally still functioning in real time however it's with how our characters are now you just can't feasibly have it to the same level that it used to be because we're trying to kill jihad who's the god of the tower like you're not going to be able to do it by you know old means that you kind of had to scamaz your way to get up the tower prior like you like it has to be a point where a god needs to meet the same level of the god of the tower and it's like you can't do that all by just you know like little tricks you you need the scaling to be there so it's change and some people may not like it some people will for me i i like it because there's so so many unknown variables like we don't know anything there's still so much that can happen and the growth is still there um did it maybe lose some of its charm i mean not really because like the charm comes in for me the relationship within coon bam and rack and you know and anybody and everybody there so it's like they still have that dynamic which which i like and love so you know 
it's doing a good job. I don't know if it's reaching the potential because like I said, we're so we're still only scratching the surface of it. It really like the potential is how is he going to continue the story and what information are we going to know? How is he going to deliver it? And you know, what kind of places are we going to go to? So for me, it's too soon to tell. I'm still about the story for the ride. Like I'm, I'm going for it. I'm about it. And um, yeah, I guess if, when, or if it starts to really bother us, like we will start to show those signs and we will like call it out. And you know, whether people think that it's, we're doing it now or not, you know, I can just say for me, I'm still about it. We're still going strong. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. And I just want more information. SIU, like, please. Uh, like we don't even know Maria and that whole story. Like there's still just so much shit we don't know. And like, that's, what's cool is like, I want like, like it's making, making me want to continue to get this information because like I just need it just give it to me stop depriving me um but yeah no it's 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 awesome there is something that I also think is cool like with reading the blog post something that SAU started referencing more and more frequently is that um and you know we we rip on him a little bit for it at the time where he's like oh Bam's hair is getting longer like I I hate it though because it's getting harder to draw and we're like well, you're the artist, dude. If you don't like drawing it, like, mm-hmm. cut his hair. But it's like, I do genuinely think SIU has it in his head how this story is supposed to lay, is supposed to work out. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, a comment like that is actually indicative that he understands these characters so well that at the very least, he is always willing to put first what makes sense for these characters to do and what ma- where mm-hmm. it makes sense for these characters to go. Like, wherever the story does go, I don't think he's ever going to devolve the story into doing something out of his own personal, like, feelings or jice. Like, if a character needs to go here, if, if something, an interaction or relationship occurs, it's, it's because that's genuinely, naturally, like, where these characters would have ended up. Um, and I think as an author, it's very indicative that he just has such a firm grip on these characters and like where how this how they're going to create this story because he understands that like no this is something that bam would do as time goes on because he's in this situation this is where his head's at or like no coon is feeling this way because you know these are the circumstances laid out and he understands these characters i think that is as an author such a key thing because so many i've read enough stories where like just with time the authors like mm-hmm. it's the opposite they sort of lose touch with the characters and like what makes them tick and they that's when like characters start doing things out of character and it's like well wait why the fuck he's just doing this now that doesn't make any sense and the author's like well i was trying to put a period on this bitch you know what i'm saying i'm just trying to wrap this up you know but i, I gen- genuinely think that whether as far as scaling and stuff wherever tower of god goes and ends up at the very least like it's never going to disrespect itself or its characters which is a big plus mm, that's well said well said I just want to throw in one little bonus thing because in the time that we recorded our first discussion, which was last night for us, <laughs> uh, not for you guys who watch, but and now it's all a comment on our live stream and somebody put forward the theory because we were talking about ghost mm-hmm. and who we think ghost might be. And I just want to throw one out there because I thought this was really cool that somebody said that there's an ongoing theory that the, that ghost could be V. And the reason that they broke down some of the things in the comment as to why some of the aesthetic things, you know, like the actual hair going back, the fact that he has human eyes and that he would be one of the people to be able to gauge Jihad's power, being that they had some sort of rivalry at the time and oh. unutilized and knowing bombs specifically, like in his abilities. And I just want to throw that out there because I found that super interesting. And I didn't know if, if you all had thoughts on that real quick. It's just kind of like a, a bonus. Fuck, that does kind of track, bro. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's supposed to have, you know, yeah, at least with like, and in a way like ghost, like we were saying, like does have a lot of parallels to Bam specifically. And the fact that he, he can 
use the Chinsul Chinsu <laughs> black hole spear technique, which we know is specifically from Jihad. And it's like, well, who else but somebody that was that close to Jihad would be able to replicate that move as well? And if, if it's... Yeah, and, and the fact that, like, Bam doesn't just identify Ghost as being like, oh, he's on par with, like, an irregular, but specifically identifies him as being akin to the demon inside of him. Like, maybe those demons were from... Like, when we were talking about... Because maybe even if Ghost isn't, v, like, straight-up V, sort of, like, merging the theories, like I said, like, they took parts of V when he died and used parts of V and then parts of whatever demons Fug had and cultivated this, you know, Frankenstein thing that is Ghost. Um, damn, that, that makes sense. Because yesterday when we were talking about it, I think, Gavin, you were the one who was saying, like... Um, they, they could have used, like, DNA or something from, like, Fantanium or Enryu. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I was thinking, I'm like, but I don't know if they would have had access to to any of those, to parts of those people. But V's bot, like, that's totally something they could have gotten. I mean, when V died, like, there's no saying that, like, Arlene or somebody else in Fug, like, didn't take his bot, you know what I mean, and move it back. I mean, Fug was, that's their whole foundation is the, the, those two's relationships. So I could, I, ooh. I thought it was cool, personally. Yeah, you know that was. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll try and look it up for like a okay. minute. If I can't find okay. it, then I apologize. Because I kind of want to, yeah, I kind of want to shout them out. Do you, have, do you have thoughts, Gavin? While I try and uh, try and find this, it's weird because I can't. I'm trying to formulate an argument of sorts. Um, you just agree? No, no, there, no, <laughs> no. My natural thought to hearing that, and I can't really explain why, and that's what's like kind of racking my brain. I actually don't like that. Um, I and okay. and and that's the thing. I it, I I. Just when I hear that naturally, my first like reaction in my mind was like, ooh, I don't I don't know. There's just something about what we know about V and if we're adapting him in this light where it's like, you know, he's assumingly, you know, Bam's father or, you know, something of that mm-hmm. nature. And it's like, okay, now he's kind of taking on this demon form who's like looking after Bam. He can't really speak. And even if it's like a part, like there's something that like I don't I I, I, it feels very unnatural if that was a route taken for it and, like, who ghosted it. I don't know. It, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It doesn't seem like I – don't, I don't know. Well, I, when, you say, when you say it feels unnatural in who ghost is, like, ghost doesn't, isn't really anybody right now. You know what I mean? Like, as far as who he, his identity – it's I, pretty much up for grabs. I, I know, but like that—that's kind of the whole thing. It's like if we—if we know, like if he was as strong as he is, or whatever, and it's like now Ghost, you know, is partial DNA or something extracted from V, and it's like he can somewhat speak now. It's like you're telling me so. It's the power of V with no personality of V, because I feel like if it was—if it had his personality in a sense, if you're—if you're seeing his son, and granted he has all of this thing to do, and you may not want to like say like I'm your father or like blah blah blah, or there's reasons why he can't. For me, it's like a hard sell for like the emotions and what like we've seen of ghost to be like, this is Bam's father, this person like of this power, like even at a very like literally surface level form of just, he has like a similar died down, like power of him. I don't know for me, it's not a cop out in a sense. It just, it doesn't feel like a natural, like explanation or reason on who he would be. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I could be completely wrong, but there's just something about it. That is like a no, no. I actually feel like it's, the most not because because again I'm like literally nobody in the tower has even seen or touched Fantane like that dude's he's not a thing for people in the story so like in Enryu like that's the thorn is sort of Enryu's connection to these characters from the mm-hmm. story so like if we needed an irregular who knows Jihad and ha- has had contact with them and thereby understands his power level 
and somebody that has a relationship to Fug. I actually can't think of anybody that makes more sense than V. No, I think for me, it's not that it doesn't make sense because it does. And it has nothing to do with the sensuality of it. It's just more what we've seen of Ghost saying that is V. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit like that person does not even at a surface level. Like if it was maybe like a henchman or someone who was like, you know, by V side during that time or something like it's just the it's just it doesn't feel right that it's a piece or some affiliation of the original OGV. And this is what it is accumulated to in like how this person is carrying himself because it's what we have heard of V. I just don't think like like there's a disconnect there that if it was explained to me in that light, I would need like a hard explanation to be like this is why Ghost acts this way. This is, you know, his limitations. It's this part of V. Like like I would need some heavy explanation. It makes sense, don't get me wrong, but it's like just the attitude and the personality that we've seen from Ghost, like it just it it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be like like this is V hundred percent. He's just yeah. wearing a ghost mask. Like I think again, whatever this what ghost, whatever this figure is now, is not solely ghost or solely V. Like this is some weird Frankenstein thing, and that's why I think you could get, you know, not get away with because I don't think it's it's like, you know, you're whisking it, but like that would it to me it would explain why this personality again seems like this very like you know, Frankenstein version of two different, like, this yeah. could be ghost. I would and say the lack of other personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personality. Like, whatever. <laughs> it isn't taught, the, but besides the, that. Yeah, the the V that, again, again, we don't even, we don't even really know V. Like, we've never met this dude. But, like, from what we've heard in stories or whatever, and, and from Edon pieced together, the that guy, personality-wise, is no longer there. If, if Fug was able to just take the power or strip away the, you know, the Shinsu, the essence, whatever it is, um, just so they have a figure, something that they know can like be used as a way to stack up to jihad. Like again, we talked about it in the last discussion, but like at that point, at this point in time, at the start of this story, before Bam was a thing, Fug was probably pretty fucking desperate and probably didn't have a lot of tools at their disposal to oppose jihad. Like legitimately, sure they had slayers here and there, but as we've established, the slayers aren't like, oh, all right, we got White, we're good, he's gonna handle everything. It's like they're regulars, dude, compared to j- like. So it's like. Sure, some of them might put their eggs in that basket, but like having V or having this thing that is on par Shinsu level or, or whatever with someone, I, even if it was a comfort thing, to be honest, even if they're like, all right, as long like he's got V's Shinsu, like that's like just it sounds weird, but like just having that that name and that like that connection, like you know, might at least again until Bam showed up, might have been enough for them to, to go ahead with this. Yeah, I have no, I have no clue. And to be f- and just to clarify, the person, uh, Brian Kwong, thank you, K-W-O-N-G. I don't know if there's a silent in there, so I apologize if I mispronounced that. But, thank you, Brian. Uh, it's the shout-out. They're not, they're clarifying that they're not the one that came up with this theory, that this is an ongoing theory okay. amongst the fandom. So um, not claiming sole ownership. But, <clears throat> yeah, highlighted at a timestamp in our live stream and says, there's an interesting theory that Ghost is V. Reasons are he can use a Shinsu black hole sphere, which is something only irregulars can do. He has black hair in the ponytail like V did. Uh, Bomb mentions he has human eyes, so he was a human at some point, and the fact that he tested Bomb's strength in relation to Zahard or Jihad. He also used a spell to teleport away, and we know Arlene is known for her spells, so she could have taught him. Okay, the last point requires a massive stretch of the imagination. Admittedly, some of these reasons are a stretch, but interesting nonetheless, and I totally concur. I think Mm -hmm. interesting nonetheless was the key takeaway there, and I was like, eh. Yeah, it's not like said it could be totally wrong, but I could see the the path if if that was the That would be interesting. It's like Mm. a shell of of his self, you know, his death is shrouded in 
yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. mystery. Everyone's and like, yeah. really, even Arlene. I mean, like that. How that this whole thing ended with Jihad and those two. Like, mm-hmm. we know what happened, but we don't really like. It's know. all mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all mystery. So, just want to throw that out there as a bonus. Thank you for the comment. Yes, um, thank you. But anyway, folks, that is going to do it for our discussion today. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you are smashing that like button for the YouTube algorithm. You are subscribing and hitting that bell if you are new here, so you don't miss any future content. Also, hit us up on the AOA Reacts channel. The link is in the description down below, so you can catch our live read-throughs of Tower of God and all of our live reactions. Join that Discord. Link is down there as well, so you could voice your opinions and your questions so that we might just read them in our future discussions going forward and just hanging out with the brilliant community that we have there now. And also comment your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? What did you think of the questions posed? Would you have answered them in a different light, in a different way? What stuck out to you when it came to these chapters, etc.? We're curious to read all of them down below. Big shout out to our patrons as well, especially our acolytes of anime, Stoic and Nathan. We appreciate and love all of your beautiful faces. But until next time, folks, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you all on the flip. Peace. 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 Ninjas are samurais. Blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls, though. Who likes seeing parts fly? They like what you're saying. Goma got more through the storylines. I tested your neck from the start. My hunters gonna come for your heart. I promise you'll land in my boulevard. Left them in one piece. No.